You're listening to the On The Go with VAO News Podcast for the week ending December 18th, 2015. Hello and welcome to our weekly recap of the top headlines from this week's daily acquisition news. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Bill Olver, VAO content developer and senior news writer. And I'm Dara Curran, content developer and fellow news writer. We do like to lead off with good news when we can, and we have a bit more for you this week. President Obama has issued an executive order to close federal agencies for the second half of the day on Christmas Eve, which is next Thursday. Certain critically important personnel are exempt from this. Uh, So, you know, air traffic controllers, please do not leave your regularly scheduled shift after lunch next Thursday. But the rest of you can get ready to kick off Christmas weekend early. Yay! Yay! In other White House news, the administration is reportedly planning to establish a new agency to oversee federal security clearances. The proposed National Investigative Service Agency would take over ownership of the security clearance process from the Office of Personal Management. The Interagency Council that was tasked with examining the federal security clearance process in the wake of the OPM data breaches earlier this year is scheduled to release the results of its 90-day review soon. That will likely contain recommendations for whether the new organization will be independent or housed under a different department. Sources do say the group is considering several options, including keeping clearances under OPM or moving them to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Department of Defense, or the Department of Homeland Security. The General Services Administration has awarded a contract to the energy firm WGL to design, construct, and install solar energy systems on the rooftops of 18 federal buildings in the capital area. GSA is using the solar equivalent of an energy savings performance contract for the work. Like ESPCs, solar energy power purchase agreements, or PPAs, also allow a private sector firm to set up the initial infrastructure and then recoup their investment costs from electric service fees and payments from public utilities for solar renewable energy certificates. GSA estimates the contract will save participating agencies more than $5 million in utility costs over the life of the contract. Another interesting contract structure, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency has awarded Octo Consulting Group an information technology services contract that will pay the contractor for development capacity instead of delivering a specific set of requirements. The vendor explained in a press release it would get a fixed price for each technology sprint it completes, which gives NGA the ability to ensure each deliverable meets its needs, to pay as progress is being made, and the flexibility to adjust what it's asking for. The five-year, $34 million contract provides for software engineering, IT operations and sustainment, and other services to support NGA's internal and external websites. Well, DHS is developing a new contracting approach to get those hotly pursued small innovative startup companies working more with the government. Using its other transaction authority, DHS will invite vendors to submit written applications in response to research challenges. Selected respondents will present their solutions to DHS panels, who will then evaluate the idea and make funding recommendations. Successful vendors will then move into a four-phase development process. There are two prototype development stages, pilot testing, and then operational testing and development. DHS will employ a down-select after each stage, and each of those phases are expected to run from three to six months. 
Winning vendors will get between fifty and two hundred thousand dollars for work on each portion, and DHS's goal is to make the award and get work rolling within thirty days of notifying a vendor its ideas was selected. DHS plans to invest twenty million dollars in the program over the next five years. Senators Bill Cassidy, who is a Louisiana Republican, and Gary Peters, a Democrat from Michigan, have introduced legislation to improve agency management of software licenses. The Making Electronic Government Accountable by Yielding Tangible Efficiencies, or Megabyte Act of 2015, would ask OMB to require agencies to develop a comprehensive software licensing policy. Establish a minimum of an 80% inventory of their software license spending and enterprise licenses. Regularly track and maintain the licenses and analyze their software usage. Provide license management training and establish goals and objectives for their license management programs. GAO found in May of 2014 that most federal agencies lacked comprehensive policies on software license management and were not following their leading practices. Although I have to say, Megabyte, seriously, I am going to propose for committee consideration the "Please Stop Making Torturous Bill Names Just to Make Cute Acronyms" Act. Oh my gosh, they are really—it's worse every day. Yes, I, I, I have to admit a bias. Yeah, I think I think the actual usefulness of legislation is or inverse proportion to the cuteness of its name. So, oh yeah. yes, I yeah. totally yeah, absolutely. GSA's Federal Acquisition Service has launched a dashboard to provide better visibility of spending through its multiple award schedules. The dashboard provides searchable and filterable data all the way back to fiscal year 1991, and it's possible to search on all sorts of criteria, including sales by fiscal year and quarter, by contractor, schedule, special item number, average contract sales, and geographic location. Users also can narrow search results by socioeconomic category. This is a great tool not only for agency acquisition folks. Uh, For example, vendor contact information is clearly available, but also for vendors. The tool gives them excellent insight into agency spending and can help with their business analysis, and it may be especially helpful for smaller vendors who may not have the in-house resources to perform data analytics. GSA's 18F team has released the 18F Beta Deck, a tool to help agencies work within an agile development process. It's made up of a set of method cards that explain multiple approaches for implementing agile practices throughout the phases of a project, from the initial discovery phase through design and testing of the final project. Think flashcards. 18F says the cards are geared to adding structure to agile development and building a shared vocabulary so that everyone is on the same page when they work with agencies. The cards can be viewed, downloaded, and printed from 18F's website. GAO has found the number of protests filed in fiscal 2015 continues to trend upwards, but the number of sustained cases is dropping. In its annual report to Congress, GAO said that 2,639 challenges were filed in fiscal 2015 compared to 2,561 in fiscal 2014, so not a huge jump there. Of those, GAO decided 587 cases on the merits and sustained 68, which is just 12%, a one percentage point drop from fiscal year 2014. The most prevalent grounds for sustaining protests during the fiscal year were unreasonable cost or price evaluation, unreasonable past performance evaluation, failure to follow evaluation criteria, inadequate documentation of the record, and unreasonable technical evaluation. And finally, in regulatory developments, the U.S. Trade Representative has updated the Trade Agreements Act Title III dollar thresholds for the purchases of goods and services for calendar years 2016 and 2017, 
Now, Title III implements U.S. obligations under a number of free trade agreements, including the World Trade Organization Agreement on Government Procurement, and those new dollar thresholds will be effective on January 1, 2016. Following many other federal agencies, the Department of Transportation has published a final rule that incorporates Office of Management and Budget Grant guidance into its regulations. That final rule is effective December 17th. And finally, the Small Business Administration is seeking input on the certification process for women-owned small businesses in connection with the federal WOSB contract set-aside program. The 2015 National Defense Authorization Act prohibited WOSBs from self-certifying for the program, and SBA wants advice on the best way to implement a certification process. Comments must be received no later than February 16, 2016. So some pretty big news, which we've been really kind of anxiously awaiting, and so we can all heave a sigh of relief. And now finally, oh yes, final news, <laughs> any remaining PTO that we may have been hoarding that we still have yet to burn before the turn of the year because Congress finally, woo, finally unveiled an omnibus spending agreement and it will fund the government for the rest of fiscal 2016. Now the president is expected to sign this, of course, when it reaches his desk. And lawmakers also passed a small stopgap funding bill to keep the money flowing through December 22nd, giving enough time to get that omnibus package through its legislative hoops. The omnibus agreement contains the text of all 12 fiscal 2016 appropriations bills, so that's great. It adds $73.7 billion for overseas contingency operations on top of the November bipartisan budget agreement. Now, that gave agencies $50 billion with a B in additional funding above the sequester level caps that were in place for fiscal 2016. So that $50 billion will be divided evenly between defense and non-defense categories. Uh, very good news. One thing did catch my eye today, a caveat I'll throw in here. Um, one of the provisions in the omnibus bill will exempt the Department of Energy's national labs from implementing the new chief information officer authorities enacted in FATERA. Now, we've, we've talked about that multiple times um, on the podcast. And in fact, one of our earliest podcasts, we talked about the labs having asked for an exemption to Fatera although those many months ago. Mm. Um, and at the time, they did have some, some support from lawmakers, but not from OMB or OFPP. Um, they, they said, nope, not going to happen. But uh, there is language in the bill, uh, the, the portion that covers energy and water appropriations, that states that the provisions of Fatera will not apply to any funds appropriated um, in this bill to the federally funded research and development centers sponsored by DOE. Uh, so it's very interesting. They have carved out their exception that they, they, they wanted for quite some time. The, the bill does include a separate measure that extends Fatera requirements to some independent agencies uh, like uh, Federal Communications Commission, the Federal Trade Commission. Um, but it's very interesting that they, I, I don't know, we'll see how the administration reacts to this, but the, it was very quietly just snuck in a tiny little line. Why, what is the, Okay, so first of all, you know, the point of the 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 act in the first place is, you know, there it's trying to instill a uniform culture of integration of the CIOs, right? And that makes sense. I don't understand why they're objecting to having their, you know, their top tech people integrated in this decision making project. Do you have any idea like why that might be? You know, they they've said the, the, the rationale and and they sold this to, you know, a few lawmakers is you know, the, the, what they deal with, you know, the, the supercomputers that they have to buy for their nuclear researchers and their you know, their other researchers, their scientists are just 
so radically different from, you know, healthcare.gov or your, you know, database for immigration um, that they, they need, they need specialized expertise within the lab itself. Now I, I can see their point because that is certainly, let's call it high end stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but presumably, you know, this is when, when we talked about this previously on the podcast, you know, our point was, Presumably, the DOE CIO would know whether or not <laughs> to, you know, where to Bigfoot in on these projects. I mean, certainly you, you would expect the, the department level CIO to know where his expertise is and, and to trust his people at the labs. But Right. He didn't just fall off the turnip truck and is like, ooh, golly, that is, sure is a fancy computer you got there. <laughs> no, that, you can't spend that much. No, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You know, they're going to spend the dough. Um, OMB's guidance has has carved out so much flexibility for agencies on how they implement and, and where they make the connections and how, you know, how, how they're making these authorities happen. So it is surprising that they even bothered to continue pushing it after right. OMB's guidance came out. You, you would think that there would be a base level of support, even if there was just some coordination among the labs – like, hey, we've got this great thing over here. You don't need to pay money to build your own. We, you can buy ours. You can, we can share it. We can work together. You, you would think there would, there would be a, a, a support for collaboration, even if it was separate from the rest of DOE, right? The ones that don't need supercomputers, right? That, that just need, you know, laptops and websites. Um, but they, so far, they have gotten their wish. I've not heard any reaction yet out of the. Out of the White House or OMB or OFPP, I'm sure there will be some because they certainly didn't want to carve out any exceptions to FATERA. Um, I, I'm sure the legislators that <coughs> created FATERA did not want to carve out any exceptions. They were not the ones that were um, promoting the language. Um, it was basically, you know, local folks. You know, where, you know, the senators and the congressmen where the labs are were the mm-hmm. ones that that seemed to be really. Pushing it, sure. um, so we'll we'll see what their what their reaction is. Um, I I doubt it will get stripped at this late date. Oh yeah, you know, I don't forget it. Gonna, there's not going to be a big fight over something like this. So so the, you know the ship is, has sailed even though the bill hasn't passed yet. So they might they might choose to do it voluntarily. You know now now that the onus is off them, you know they they might you know throw a bone back and they might actually be able to implement some of the authorities where there's not. They can implement the cooperation and the collaboration without implementing the direct authority. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So they they, they might pull they might they might pull together because Fatera has just gotten such a very good guidance, it's gotten a good reception. So yeah, they they could pull it out still. All right. Well, we shall see what what happens between twixt paperwork and implementation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of room for things to morph around in there. So. So that is it for this week then, and with the remaining holidays and how they are falling, this is our last podcast for 2015. We're going to take a break over the next two weeks, so there will be no podcast on December 25th or January 1st. We hope all our listeners are enjoying a safe and happy holiday season, no matter how or even if you celebrate. (laughs) If you're a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can find links to this week's headlines for further reading on VAO on the same page where you downloaded this podcast. And you can comment about the podcast. We welcome your feedback on the format or the content or anything else you'd like to tell us. We do thank you for joining us and hope that you'll tune in again in January on Friday the 8th for our next news recap. Bye-bye.